Hey, welcome to the intro to the Nightcap podcast. Have a really cool show for you today. We're going to be talking with a good friend of mine and co-worker, Brian Metzger. He is a investor, um, actually a pretty substantial investor uh, in Bitcoin and ex- exclusively Ripple. And he'll get into why he believes in that and what he thinks is useful. But we're talking to him about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency in general and why people should be interested and look at it and a little bit of information about you know what's going on in it updates safety tips rules and regulations hot takes that's what we're that's what we're giving and then we also have the five things that you need to know we talk a little bit of politics a little bit of sports nba playoffs nfl uh, i go on a political rant for a little bit and i kind of get on my soapbox of begging people to please come out and vote but i feel like we got a good reason to because our country's going to hell in a handbasket. No, I'm just kidding. Hope you guys enjoy the nightcap and uh, like, listen, follow the vision. Check out the Pour Up podcast this week's episode with Raheem. It is called Zaddy. If you have not checked it out, you need to like, listen, follow the vision. Mike, hit the music. Nightcap. These are the five things you need to know. One, the NBA playoffs are going on, and maybe the other than man, it's right up there with football. Maybe the most exciting period of time. Because the one thing that I like is there's multiple, multiple games that are going on uh, during the week. It's almost like you don't you can get like seven straight days of basketball, so it's pretty exciting. But not only this year is it exciting because of the fact that games are being played in its playoffs, but there's a lot going on and there's a lot of unpredictability. Uh, and right now, these are the games that I'm most interested in. I'm pretty impressed that the Boston Celtics are up 2 nothing. They're up 2 to nothing, and they're doing it in different ways. They're scoring. Uh, in the first game, they were scoring for the perimeter a lot. They were hitting a lot of outside shots, and they were just defensively just aggravating the hell out of uh, the opposing team. Second game, they decided to put Greg Monroe, Greg Monroe and Al Horford down low and basically just beat the hell out of him for a whole game. It's kind of crazy because that was the team he was on before they traded him. And it's pretty impressive. I think that Boston has the rare advantage of having the best coach in the NBA. And I think that if Milwaukee had, a, I think if Milwaukee had Brad Stevens, I think it would be two to nothing because I think that Milwaukee's actually more talented than Boston is right now because Boston's out. Their number one player in Kyrie, their number two player in Gordon Hayward, and their what their number four player or five player with Marcus Smart. You'd put Ro- maybe Rozier would be over him after like this thing, but man, Rozier's that that player that most Boston fans probably hate. Just that the wild, like um unruly black kid that's just gonna sh- chunk up shots in like the last two minutes of the game that you know, like I'm not saying Boston's racist, but I'm not saying that Boston's not racist either. I'm not putting myself on that limb. Second thing that's really interesting in the, these NBA playoffs, and I'm still in point one, uh, Anthony Davis, the Pelicans. I talked a lot about when Ben was on the show about me thinking Anthony Davis was probably number two in the MVP race, but he has the Pelicans up 
two games to nothing against the Portland Trailblazers, and I think that the Pelicans are going to win the series. I think that they have such a like just one of those teams that you wouldn't like bet on them to win the finals, but they're just scrappy enough to keep like stay in games and have a chance to win them. And I just think that Anthony Davis and what he's doing is just so incredible, and it just proves that he was number two in in my NBA, uh, NBA MVP voting, um, which absolutely no one will care about. But LeBron's legacy. So um, we're watching this game right now, and it looks like Cleveland has a really good shot of beating Indiana in Game Two. But it's this. I think this is going to be a telling series for LeBron, just because LeBron has a tendency to when he knows he's leaving a town or may possibly moving on. I'm not saying he throws games. I'm not saying that he gives up. He just doesn't play as hard as he normally would. I think in that last game with the Spurs when he was with the Heat, I think he knew he was out of town, and I think he knew they weren't going to beat the Spurs. So he's just kind of like, I need to put up enough stats. That's crazy how, that he's that good. Like He's that good of a basketball player. You can go, well, I can, half, I can play 70%, and no one will really notice because I'll put up the right stats so they think that I'm still trying really hard. But I think if... They don't win this series. I think they get knocked out in the first round. I think that's ridiculous. I think that's embarrassing for him. I don't care if like his team's absolute garbage. He's got to go first round. When he was 18, or when he was like 22, he was able to get to the finals with a garbage team in Cleveland. But also, I think if they don't, I think if they don't make it to the finals, it says a big thing to him. I think if they get to the Western Conference Final or Eastern Conference Finals and they fail there, I think that's a big deal. I think it's a huge deal. I think that like that it'll be a big deal that it didn't make it to the finals, but I think it means, I think it's a big deal that they lose in the Eastern Conference Finals, but it is a unprecedented failure if they don't make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. I think that if they don't make it there, I don't think they have a shot to get LeBron. I don't care if they trade for Kawhi Leonard and they put Kawhi Leonard on this team and they put Anthony Davis on this team and they put Chris Paul on this team. I don't think he'll ever stay. I think that he'll absolutely hate his front office for what they put around him. And to point two, James Comey released his book, uh, Higher Truth or something like that. Um, and he talked a lot about Trump. He talked a lot about uh, Trump, basically the conversations he had with Trump, his, imperson- his um, I guess the way he viewed Trump, his impersonation of Trump once, you know, he had to be around him all the time. There's a lot of shade, a lot of shade. Talking about whether he's pale and his hair and little things about him looked like he was in the tanning bed and little petty shit that I just think was probably below James Comey. I thought I thought it was things that people would probably laugh about, but I mean, what what we're talking about is a president that some people believe was benefited by aiding a foreign by the aid of a foreign government and a president that, as of this weekend, launched 114 missiles at a country. So it's a pretty big deal that the guy who was fired from FBI chief, it's his opinion of him and what he got from the dude. And his, I think that it, it kind of sucked that it went that way. But a lot of what he said was pretty telling about the person that is president. And I think President Trump, I think some people that are on his side still defend him and it's insane that they do that. But I think that it's kind of, we realize the experiment's over, like, we let we let you guys have your guy and we let you have your like wild talking crazy person and he got voted he got enough votes we're letting this experiment play out i think it's over like i think i know he won't quit i know he's going to try to get his full term but i think we realize this person is not fit to be president i don't think he has the temperament for it i think that book the way he spoke and the way he felt he had to defend himself and the way he 
just seemed not to have the I don't want to say the aptitude because he's obviously a smart smart person because he's a multimillionaire and he's done smart things in his life. But I think a person unwilling to want to learn more. I think that's what you could classify our president. I don't think he's a learner. I don't think he's a person that wants to read things and gain information. I think he would rather just put people around him that would do it for him. And uh, I think that that's what that that's what that book said. And and like I said, he just shot 114 missiles. And now, yes, was it probably the right thing to do? I, I yeah, I'm not in his seat, so I don't know. But I think that any country that launches chemical weapons at their people you have to do something to show them that you're not going to allow that to happen and we had two of our allies with us so i think that it's probably the best decision but it scared the hell out of me that it was him making it i mean i looked at mike and and i was just like this some, we were filming or we were recording the port podcast and i was just like dumbfounded i didn't know what to do because it was this weird feeling of why is this person making that decision and third thing that we need to know the midterm elections. So I'm doing two political things back to back because I think that my point with the rant on Trump is that this is so important, guys. The Republicans got the House, the Senate, and they had the president, and they have had an overwhelming majority, and they have not been able to pass things because of you know insane efforts with people with protesting, with people, uh, the court system, with really immobilization of the Democratic side of the of the aisle um, has really done a good job of preventing certain things from happening you know we've prevented um them from uh destroying health care but i think this november and 2018 is really huge for you know for democrats and for this the sane people in the country <laughs> to really make an effort and to take back the senate i think we can take back the house i think it would be amazing if we took back the senate and i think that it we have to vote you have to vote every single person that can vote needs to because we lost the presidency strictly because we kind of just assumed Hitler was going to win and we can't afford it now with the Senate and the Congress because we need this to happen. So get out and vote. And that is the most important thing. And please God do not let Rick Scott become Senator in this state. I get him out of here, man. Dude's getting caught. Like everything around that dude's about embezzlement, man. That dude's crooked. And I hate driving to Tampa. Because Tampa's got crazy potholes. We don't have any money to fix our roads. I mean, this is a personal gripe, but damn, man, we need something. Uh, anyway, point four. Shows that are coming back. Mike reminded me that New Girl is back. They're on week two. And Westworld, one of my favorite shows of last year, is coming back. New Girl, I don't know. If you haven't seen it, you know, I think you really missed out. I think there's a lot of people that just kind of assume it's a girl comedy. They're not into it. It is one of the most, it is all up there with Veep. It is up there with Silicon Valley. It is like that humor and just in a sitcom format, and it is absolutely brilliant. I, I absolutely love the show. Um, I'm not like any character in that show, luckily, so I have no one to relate to. Anyway, and in Westworld. Westworld's coming back, and I really like the show. I know it's critically like a 50-50, um, but I think audiences really connected with it. We're really interested in it. I'm kind of excited to see what the show does now that it's not all about like the gotcha suspenseful moments like it was really about like oh we're gonna fool you and that you don't know this guy's a robot oh this secret like kind of like tried to over mr robot mr robot with all these like reveals now that the reveals are over and everyone knows what the game is like i'm excited to see what what's gonna happen it's kind of like the last season was a prequel now we're in the shit now people are getting shot stuff's happening let's I, i'm interested to see that i think you guys should really check out those two shows and the final point <laughs> 
final thing I think you need to know is that Tom Brady might retire. Like Tom Brady has not committed, according to Adam Schefter, to playing in the next season. And I think that it is a complete nightmare scenario for the Patriots because they traded Garoppolo. But more importantly, I think Brady should retire. There's rumors coming out that he was concussed in the Atlanta Super Bowl, the and he did not come out of the game. There's rumors that he was concussed in the Denver Broncos season of the year that they won the Super Bowl. He got concussed in that game, and he, that's why he played so badly in the second half. I think that he's taken a few big concussions, and he's complete, continued to play through them. But he's 42 years old. He's got championships. And he's not the main breadwinner in that household. <laughs> he's got a beautiful wife and, a, and kids, and she's like, stop playing football. And I think that he's really got a case and I think he's one of those people where you look at like I think you've you've done enough and if his team is getting worse I mean they lost Deion Lewis they lost uh Danny Amendola they lost his starting tackle they've lost a lot of talent if they're not going to be better hang it up Tom Brady I say that very selfishly for the rest of the NFL please hang it up all right those are the five things that you need to know hope you enjoy the interview with Brian and talking about Bitcoin Hello and welcome to the Nightcap. I am here with a friend and um, co-worker in some points of our lives, off and on, um, and a guy who has somehow talked me into spending thousands of dollars on the very subject we're about to talk about. And this is Brian Metzger. How are you doing, buddy? Doing great. How about you? Doing well, doing well. It is uh, a weeknight, so I thank you for making time. Hi, I appreciate you for having me. No problem, man. Uh, so I've brought you on because you are what I would consider like a like an every man's expert. You know, you didn't like you haven't designed your own coin that I know of yet, but you know a lot about Bitcoin. You've invested in it yourself. You've seen people succeed in it. And um, so, tell me a little bit about, I guess, what brought you into Bitcoin, and you know what get, I guess, what made you want to get into it. So uh, it's actually kind of a, a funny story. I was uh, everyone, like everyone else, heard it on the news, wanted to take a look at it, was reading up on it, doing some research, and uh, stumbled upon Coinbase, uh, which is relatively easy to set up. And uh, I got two little ones, so I figured right, I'll throw a couple hundred dollars in each one of these accounts and uh, just kind of store it away, forget about it, and see what happens in ten years or, so, or whatever. Uh, and uh, I was going to click on a Facebook, uh, my Facebook. Uh, app and I accidentally hit the um, Coinbase button about two or three weeks after having it in there and my hundred dollars that I had uh, I think uh, in each account had turned into six hundred dollars so as uh, I'm sure anyone else can attest that that would immediately make somebody interested to start delving in a little bit more so that was my introduction to it and how I started to uh, uh, it became very intrigued with uh, the entire market okay and so, Bitcoin is cryptocurrency. Cryptocurrency is electric currency that um, some people think is going to change the financial world, you know, change the history of the financial world. Some people think it's a fad and kind of just something that people are into and it's making a lot of money. And it's kind of, I guess, people are making a lot of money and people are losing a lot of money. But mm-hmm. what is cryptocurrency to you? What do you see it as? Uh, in layman's terms, and how I've simplified it through my research, is an electronic bank with nobody that has a vested interest in making money with the bank. Uh, it, it documents transactions uh, for every single transaction that's ever happened. Uh, there's multi uh, 
uh, checks to make sure the funds are actually in the account that's in uh, before they're sent in, confirmed on the other end of the account, uh, which is uh, part of the whole mining process, which uh, most people have probably heard of. Uh, but it's a, uh, a personal, uh, yeah, that pretty much sums it up right there. Okay. And so in, in cryptocurrency and then in, in what it is and your belief in, do you think that it, you mentioned in your description of it that it's a bank with no one with a vested interest and in wanting to make money with the bank. So are you someone that I guess was brought in, in into it or maybe made more interest in it kind of with like, like the financial crisis and what happened with banks trying to make money and be profit centers instead of being, um, I guess, garters of the money and insurers of money for people? Are you someone that kind of was pushed into it by the, that, the crisis? Uh, that may open my eyes to it. I mean, I'm going to think back to 2000, 2008 when the market tanked and, uh, the primary fault were the banks that were just lending money to anyone and uh, telling people that these uh, these bonds were secured with uh, uh, whatever mortgages were tied to it that that were really not uh, true by any means. Uh, nobody was held accountable for any of that in the the bank industry. Uh, and this uh, this the entire crypto world is all peer to peer. You can trade and and send money and buy things. Uh, from one person to the other, un- instead of you going to a store, swiping your credit card uh, at Seven Eleven to get a Snickers bar, and four days later it comes through and they take three percent on both ends uh, for the transaction to happen. Three percent goes to uh, which is all part of Visa, Mastercard, and then also the bank making money. So it definitely has uh, opened my eyes to possibilities of what this possibly could be. It could be the uh, a worldwide currency instead of uh, us having the the yen, the dollar, the euro, uh, everything across the world. This could be a digital platform where everyone can change, can trade on the same platform. And instead of going from a euro to a dollar and try to calculate that, if you're buying something overseas and having all those issues, it's hey, I'm giving you this Bitcoin, but that's how much you said this is worth. Here's the here's the, the value, or here's the the dollar amount that's associated with that and the transaction is done. Okay. And so, I mean, one of the biggest things that like, I guess, naysayers of cryptocurrency have said about it is the volatility. And as someone who you swindled into investing your own money into cryptocurrency knows every <laughs> single coin took a big ass beating in the beginning of this year. Like the first three months of the year, what would we see go from the, uh, I guess the high teens, like the 17, 18, $19,000 range for Bitcoin. And it was down to like seven, 7,000. Um, we watched things that were really, really hyped at the beginning of the year, which are, uh, which is Ripple, um, which it, for people that don't know, Ripple, Ripple is another cryptocurrency. It is supposed to be a, what do they feel is it's uh, an upgrade to Bitcoin because of the amount of trades it can do a second. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, even that took a took a bath uh, in the market, despite huge corporations like MoneyGram and Western Union and now Pornhub getting into it. Yeah, so... Uh Towards the end of the year, uh, I mean, from Thanksgiving, uh, just before Thanksgiving uh, time, I just remember seeing the market just go skyrocket. I mean, beyond anything that was done before, um, and being relatively new, I think when I uh, put my first uh, couple hundred dollars into it, it was uh, maybe August, September time, uh, maybe even a little bit later than that. Uh, but I hadn't seen any, uh, hadn't been involved in, in paying enough attention to know any trends or what might be happening. Uh, and 
with anything that goes skyrocketing like Bitcoin did uh, during those couple months, there's going to be a correction. Uh, I think the correction also led to FUD, which is fear, uncertainty, and doubt in for current investors. So a lot of people backed out, and um, it was pretty stagnant since the beginning of the year uh, or since the last couple months. Uh, it's getting a little bit of traction over the last couple of days, but there's definitely a lot of things that are uh, up and coming in the world. Uh, the, it's kind of stabilized, which is encouraging, and I think it's it's not overvalued now. I think most of the values for all the currencies are right around where they should be. And it's not just uh, a bunch of people buying in to become the next millionaire uh, over cryptocurrency. Okay. And so you talked about it stabilizing right now and something that's, um, I guess, putting the market back. It was a, it was a correction based on, you know, extreme, extreme bull market where people just thought, like you said, people really thought at the beginning of this year or actually the end of last year, like around Christmas. I remember me and you having like discussions of when is it going to skyrocket again in November and in December. People thought that they were going to be able to put their life savings into this thing and catch a wave and really change the lives of everyone that they knew. And it kind of went back to normal here as, as, as it normally was. But what me and you were talking about this uh, earlier today. What are some of the things that people that are interested in cryptocurrency like what are some of the things that are about to happen in, in cryptocurrency especially with ripple that you feel like are really about to take the the cryptocurrency market to the next level okay so there's uh there's uh bitcoin has had some some issues over uh time i mean how fast it grew it was kind of hard to predict but uh bitcoin was created to make a, a really cheap cheap transactions well the algorithm and the technology behind it actually it blew up so fast that there were some faults in the the algorithm that made transactions actually cost more than it would to run a credit card. So uh, a lot of uh, uh, crypto engineers decided to alter it a little bit and try to adjust it to make sure that the the fees stay down. And this is uh, you can do your own research on it, but it's uh, it's the lightning. Uh, I think uh, Bitcoin Lightning, and this is supposed to. It's in beta phases right now, from what I've read, uh, and it's supposed to bring it down to uh, a where it used to be and extremely cheap to uh to trade money or, or buy something on, on the transactional level which those transactional fees go to the the computer or the mining machine that uh helped solve the mathematical problem to make sure that the money is transferred properly um so bitcoin that's uh, uh going to really really uh, put a lot of confidence in into the bitcoin world again uh my personal favorite cryptocurrency is Ripple or XRP. Uh, Ripple's a company. XRP is the token that is traded on the uh, through Ripple with a couple different platforms they have. Um, you can continue to see all the banks and all these large entities and uh, companies across the world that are jumping on board and and going through beta testing. Uh, for example, you got Apple, you got American Express, you have uh, some of the. Uh, uh, Sandler Bank, uh, I think one of the fourth or fifth largest banks in the world, um, and then Western Union, MoneyGram. They're all jumping on board. They've all been testing out these uh, these the blockchain and the XRP, uh, using the XRP with it. Um, I think uh, MoneyGram and, and Western Union are kind of in a battle to see who can launch first. Uh, the XRP, what it will do is it will they're able to process 1,000 transactions in a second. Okay. Now, going to what the, the, the current way of transfer money via uh, Western Union or MoneyGram, 
they pretty much have to have money in every single country to be able to turn that in, uh, give that to somebody if somebody's wiring money to that country. So there's a lot of stagnant money sitting sitting around. Mm -hmm. So what Ripple will do, or XRP, will eliminate that that stagnant money. So they have equity to invest in other things, and and, uh, and all this money is immediately transferred from, you don't have to change currencies or anything like that. You can immediately turn it into... Uh, give it to the person that you're sending it to in a matter of seconds, opposed to uh, four to five hours or 24 to 48 hours, depending on where you're at. Uh, going, uh, I know Apple's being really quiet about what they're testing it for, but uh, I would assume it's Apple Pay, uh, everything that you can do from your your iPhone and pay with that. With that, and uh, there's there's just so much. And if you go to Ripple.com, you can see the list. They have 150 banks that are that are testing everything. There's only, I think, five to seven companies that are actually live using this, and they're not large companies. There's a lot of stuff in the pipeline for XRP and Ripple. And so, now, I know what you're saying with, with these companies and they're, what they're testing it, and, and but what does it mean to, a, like, a real person, like, as far as tangible? Because I know that it's considered a currency. I personally, when I look at it, I look at it as, like, a stock, and I look at it as something to be traded. But what what... what if MoneyGram comes out with it, Western Union comes out with it, it makes it cheaper to send money for, from relatives and and it makes it quicker. It makes it also instantaneous because you can move coin from a Coinbase or something like that into a checking account without having to go to an actual location and stuff. But what are, are people going to be able to spend this at like Starbucks? Or are they going to be able to spend it like a currency? And then if so, what advantage is that compared to just your money in your bank like you normally have it? So uh, going back to the first part of the question, uh, this can be an investment opportunity. Right now, it's not easy, and anyone that is not really savvy with computers or understands at least a little bit of this, it's hard to get Ripple right now. You have to go through a couple loopholes to, to get it, or you have to wait six weeks on a uh, platform to before you can get in, and then you got to transfer all these uh, through all these different websites to get it. Um, so in the near future, when it does become more value, uh, uh, available, you can see that more people would, would be be able to buy it. Now, you can compare this to, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, FX trading. So FX trading is your, your, you can trade the dollar versus the euro on, uh, on a, uh, a Satoshi level, uh, like cryptocurrency. So every single decimal of a, of a the dollar compared to the euro, it can go up and down and, and you can make money on those trades. If you uh, you're walking through the mall, you see those little stations that are uh, sitting there where you can turn, you can give them cash, and they'll give you euros. Um, they're obviously making money somewhere, uh, somehow, and, and it's on a similar platform. Now, I'm not saying that XRP is or any of these cryptocurrencies are up there yet, but they will be uh, in the next couple of years, without a doubt. Um, what was the second part of that question? <laughs> the second part was, is this going to be something that people are actually going to be able to spend? And if so, what advantage is that over the dollar? Is it is it easier for people that are, I guess, more adapt to technology? Or is it something that um, middle and lower class people will be affected by as well? Okay, so uh, you and I uh, do this pretty often. We use Venmo. Uh, Venmo, uh, for small amounts, it's, it's free, uh, but, uh, you know that they're making their money some way or somehow, uh, any other way. But imagine being able to Venmo 
somebody when you walk up to the register and you can pay that simultaneously. When you swipe your card, which people do way more than cash these days, you'll see that pending transaction on your account for, I don't know, what, three to five days? Mm-hmm. You have to give somebody cash. That's the, the monetary value, but we're in a, I mean, cash is, is, is it doesn't exist anymore. It is. Is so, cryptocurrency safer too than, than your credit card? Like you have to go around swiping your credit card all the time. If you were able to just transfer something through a crypto, uh, a cryptocurrency, would it not? Would it protect your protect your identity and your credit card information more than let's say our credit card system does right now? Uh, great question. I don't have the exact answer to that. Uh, I have faith that in my banks more than the crypto world right now. And that's where a lot of the, the fear is in uh, the cryptocurrency world, which leads to a lot of the unstability, uh, the volatile market. And it goes flying up, flying down. People want to get in, get make some money and get out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think it's there yet. Uh, but with this much money coming into the market and the trillions of dollars that are going to be in the next couple of years, uh, I hope to see some, some security measures come into play there. Okay, and so for people that are, let's say, new to trading or looking into trading, what are some places that people can go to and, be, I guess, start beginner investing in Bitcoin or something like that where they can feel safe about where they're putting their money? Because I know that a lot of people are worried about things that, I mean, I even asked you when I got in, was like people's money just disappearing? Was companies going under and people losing all of their money? And was there, are there places that are federally insured? Are there places that are safer than others? Uh, federally insured, I am not sure uh, anyone across the board. Uh, my faith uh, is with uh, uh, Coinbase, with also the simplicity of actually using the, the platform. Uh, they have multiple measures to, if there are any transactions that do go in and out of your account, you can, you can uh, put a, uh, a couple different security measures, multiple passwords, uh, to get into your account, to be able to, uh, once you're in, then to also have a transaction that goes through. But for the most part, those the, the three coins that they have on there right now, you have Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Litecoin. Those are uh, three of the top four, or three of the top five. Um, and uh, it, it's easy to, to, to buy, move it back into your, uh, your account, or they actually have a holding spot inside Coinbase, which most platforms don't have where you can just keep it stagnant in there, and it's actually cash. It's not a cryptocurrency. Okay. Okay. And I guess what are some, I guess, places that people can look for information on this stuff? Where, what's a reliable source? Because I know, like, you see, like, the, you know, the Insta articles, which pop up on, like, CNN and CBS. But is there some, I guess, some places where people can go? Got to do a little research and learn a little bit about trends and, and I guess, you know, what's what's the up-and-coming, you know, thing to keep them on? Uh, keep them up to date. Yeah. Is it just Twitter? Because I know that a lot of people do. Uh, I know it's got a pretty big base on Twitter and uh, news updates and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, honestly, I get most of my uh, my information from some Twitter follow uh, followers that I, I, I follow and some day traders, and uh, they're uh, non biased. They're they're sixty to seventy percent accurate on small scales, but they still do provide a lot of information. Uh, this guy named uh, Eric Cho, he he does. Uh, an incredible job. It's entertaining as well. Um, and there's a lot of uh, positive feedback and, and, and different ideas that go along with us and with his followers. Uh, but, yeah, everything's just been kind of uh, 
Googling uh, crypto, what is the, what's the coin place we use all the time? It just said it's my default, so I can't even think of the name of the uh, the coin. Uh, what is that? I can find it pretty fast. But uh, my my favorite spot uh, has been the Ripple website. Uh, all the the news, the prices, and and what's coming up, what they're looking to do. Uh, they're really encouraging because a lot of their uh, a lot of their information isn't trying to drive the market. You'll see a bunch of hype news about uh, Verge. Uh, you brought this up earlier. The the company that had a the secret partner that they're about to roll out. Uh, I think they were at like six cents and it jumped up and I had a couple thousand dollars in there. It went to 12 cents. And then the next day everyone's like, Oh, Verge's uh, secret partner was Pornhub. Well, you have possibly all these conservative investors. Who's like, I don't want anything to do with that. So they start backing out, drop right back down. But then people start to think about it. Like that's probably not as bad of an idea as you might think. So it, it jumped right back up. But uh, in some of these, the, the news will affect the market a little bit, not as much as you might think. The big things that are going to affect the market and, and why I have so much faith in XRP and Ripple is because of use cases. So, yes, you can have all these people, they, they're buying in, they're investing, they're sitting on it, they sell, they buy, they sell, whatever it may be. But you have a company like MoneyGram or Western Union that has a trillion dollars in transactions that happen every single day into the platform. It's gonna even if they do a couple countries, which I think those might have uh, a couple of the countries might have went live uh, either today or tomorrow. Um, that's gonna substantially increase the the value of Ripple. And it'll also guarantee that a certain um, that those two companies have to hold a large amount of the currency. Like they, that means that like where you see like gluts of people just selling their coins, you know that there's someone that's always gonna need more to do those transactions, mm-hmm. right? So that correct consistency. So, and another thing to think about. So, uh, I think you might remember Brexit. Uh, so, uh, when that happened, the euro, uh, or the, the pound just went plummeting. Um, since then, it's solidified itself. It's become more stable, and it's built itself back up to almost where it was before. Uh, and that's kind of, if you would have, when it tanked, and I was, I was actually trading, FX trading, and I was on the opposite side of it. I never thought Brexit would actually happen. Uh, I woke up, I had $5,000 in an account, and I was slowly making money. Brexit happened, I woke up, I had like $200 in the account because the value of the euro to the pound decreased so much. Hmm. So now if I was on the opposite side of that and you were you capitalized and you bought into the pound versus the euro, you're anticipating to go up, it's kind of like a cryptocurrency at, at, that, that, at that level. All right, well, hoping it's going to go up. I'm going to throw a bunch of money in there. If it goes up, I'll make some money. It's going to plummet. Okay, well, then I'll just sit on it and wait. Okay. Okay. Well, what are some of the things that I know I talked to you about last week tonight and what John Oliver was talking about were some of the, I guess, the negative things about the cryptocurrency. What are some of the things that you would warn people as not necessarily, you know, you're someone that believes in this. You think that they're, you know, that this is something that is the next wave and, and it can be financially profitable for people, but... I mean, I think you even have a level head and have some things that, like, hey, you should definitely watch out for this if you're getting into it. Yeah. Uh, my tips would be keep your logins as secure as possible, multi-level, uh, encrypted uh, um, 
log in. So you need to log into your account to see everything. Uh, you need a Google Authenticator to to get in if you've been out for so long, and then you need a Google uh, Authenticator in order to process the transaction. Uh, I think security on this level is so important uh, in protecting yourself. They give you the tools uh, right there uh, when you log in to your account uh, and use them. They're there to protect you. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for the information. Definitely thank you for the safety thing. I know that I've I've advised a couple people or told them what I was doing and things that I kind of looked into, but... um, it's definitely good to, to talk to someone who has, I you know, like I said, you're not only someone that actually thinks this is a good idea and believes in this. You're someone that's investing your, you know, your savings and, and a lot of the, a lot of putting a lot of money into it. So, um, you know, you have even more to, uh, to gain. All right. Well, I appreciate you for having me. No problem, man. Thanks for coming on the show. All right. Take care. See you, bud.